So excited to be with you this morning. I am not Pastor Chris. In case you're wondering, I'm not Pastor Chris. No, I'm Jonathan, one of the pastors here, and I'm definitely excited to be able to share with you this morning. Um, the last time I preached, I had one kid. I now have four kids. Uh, that was only a year ago, but uh, that, that's okay. You can do the math and figure out how that works, but uh, that is what happened. Um, and uh, because those kids have been on my mind all of the time, um, if I use them in a lot of my illustrations, I'll go ahead and apologize now because I use them a lot. So uh, just go ahead and be ready for that. Uh, but I'll tell you, what, what's crazy, obviously, the, the triplet stage, the triplets are you know, right at six months right now, so we're doing the whole thing, not getting much sleep, all that, all that stuff. Um, but uh, I am really on the front row of everything that is child development, right? Like I'm getting to see those infants growing up, getting to see my, the triplets and doing their thing. Uh, but one of the really fun things right now has got to be Sparrow. Uh, she, is, she is two and a half years old. And uh, I know that some people talk, call it the terrible twos and all that kind of stuff, but no, this, this is really a fun stage. Uh, she is learning at a lightning pace. Uh, she is picking up stuff from everywhere, and it's just like, oh my gosh, how did you learn that word? How did you, she just said a full sentence, and it's like, you know, just says all this stuff, or does this, or whatever, and it's just kind of crazy the way that she's picking things up. And one of the major places that she's picking those things up, she's getting her cues, she's learning, is by imitating those around her. Okay, and that, that seems pretty obvious that you've seen this, uh, but for for her, every single morning when she wakes up, she has a little ritual. She has to go and find our daughter, Elia, who's you know, six month one of the triplets, and uh, she has to go and find her. She hugs her a little too hard, tries to give her a kiss, and then she says, so cute. <laughs> every single morning. Like, where does she get that from? She obviously she gets that from Hannah and I doing that saying she's so cute or whatever. Obviously, she is cute. I mean, she is, but, uh, but at the same time, uh, she gets that from, from us saying that. She's imitating us. Uh, anytime she sees or she wants a glass of water, or she sees like a river or lake or whatever, she calls it agua, okay? So uh, if you, for those that don't know, that means water in Spanish. Um, but, uh, but, but for those, uh, for, for those that might guess, oh, she learned that from you. No, no. Uh, my parents didn't want me to be a bilingual. Instead, I, I, uh, my dad actually calls me a coconut. Says I'm brown on the outside, white on the inside. That's pretty messed up. No, uh, no, she actually picks that up because of her Lita. She <laughs> picks it up from her Lita, who's my mom, and my mom calls water agua. So, so Spanish calls water agua. So she already knows more Spanish than me. It's okay. It's okay. No, uh, we'll, we'll figure some more Spanish out hopefully. Um, I got some good bilingual books. We kind of go through those sometimes. It helps me. All right. But uh, <laughs> uh, whether you realize it or not, uh, kids they're picking. Good things up, bad things up, you're, you're kind of realizing all of a sudden they say something, you're like, oh, they learned that from me. Uh, that, that's not good. And you kind of start figuring they're good, good, good or bad, they're picking things up from everywhere, all around them. They're beginning to understand life in a totally different way because of those they interact with, because they're imitating them, because they're seeing how they do something and they're doing it. Uh, Sparrow will know herself through those she's most closely around. Those she's closely watching. She's going to know herself differently. And you see this. You see kids that act like their parents, that do everything they do. Uh, you see them have the same mannerisms, the same, they use some of the same words, some of the same phrases. Uh, most of the ridiculous phrases I have are completely my mom's fault. Okay? If I say something's going to get done quickly, I might say like a hound diggity dog. And that's completely her fault. Everybody else will be looking at me like, what the 
Did you just say? No, it's hound diggity dog. That means fast. Uh, that's, that's my mom's fault. Um, but uh, re, you see kids that even the, the way, all the way down to that way they react to certain situations is, is because of how they've seen those around them do those exact things. It's kind of a crazy thing. Now, why do I tell you that? I, I tell you that because as we jump into the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5 is where we'll be if you want to turn to your Bibles. Ephesians chapter 5. Um, we're kind of smack dab in the middle of, a, or towards the end of Ephesians, and a lot has happened up to this point. Um, actually, you know, Paul, who wrote this, is writing to the book of, Eph- writing to the church of Ephesus, um, and basically chapters one through three. If you kind of had to summarize them in a little tweetable statement, um, it's it's all about the grace of God and how God has come to rescue us in Jesus and adopt us into His family. Okay, that's really good news for us, right? Uh, he's going to adopt us into his, fa- into his family. It's all because of Jesus. We we're kind of seeing the picture here. And then basically, chapters 4, 5, and 6 are going to be all about how the people of God, you and I, are meant to live out our lives. Okay, you with me? How we're meant to live. So as we jump into chapter 5, it's going to give us just a little bit. I'm only doing two verses today, guys. And two verses, it's going to tell us just a little bit about how we are meant to live. And so... So turn, uh, hopefully you're there. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Um, it says this, Paul says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. As beloved children. So uh, Paul's saying we should be imitators. And obviously I'm going to get to the imitators part, but I don't want us to just uh, to gloss over that word be. We should be imitators. That, that word be is the idea of become. Okay, it's not like a checkbox. It's not one of those things all of a sudden you, you go and you do it, done it, checkbox, I'm finished, I'm, I am now an imitator. No, no, it, it's, it's, gonna, it's basically God inviting us into a process where we're going to become more and more like God, uh, more and more like Jesus to be specific. Uh, the process is called sanctification. We're not going to get into all the, uh, that. That's what the big name is. But what I want you to think of is become more like God, okay? Become more like Jesus. And this makes sense, right? It makes sense because... If you see somebody who has said that they aligned their life with Jesus, you'd expect for it to impact the way they live, right? You'd expect for it to impact different areas of their life. That makes sense, right? Um, we tell the world, hey, I have this personal relationship with the God Almighty. And they, they want to see something different in our lives, don't they? I think so. I think too often they don't see something different. They're like, okay, what's going on here? Uh, you say that you know the Almighty personally, and I, I, but I don't see anything different. That, there's a problem with that. And uh, that's, uh, that's why Paul is talking about we're, we're to become imitators. And imitators, basically the whole idea of uh, we're going to be in close proximity to God. We're, gonna, we're going to spend time with him. We're going to let him kind of rub off on us, right? Uh, he's going to impact the way that we live. It means getting into his word, right? Aren't you glad that he uh, didn't just try to he made it pretty obvious by giving us the written word, and he, he did it in, in a perfect way to where uh, it's not by accident or coincidence that we have the Bible that we have today. It's because he ordained that, and we get to know him through that. Uh, it's important that we get to know him through that. And by knowing him, we then see and then we act. We imitate. We imitate what we see, how he is. Uh, we see what God is like. We, we read the life of Jesus. God puts on flesh, comes to earth. It's important that we look at how he lived, how he interacted with people, who he loved, the way he loved. And we say, okay, how would Jesus react in this situation? So now I am called to react in a similar way. I'm, I'm called to react like that whenever I have uh, people come across me. 
Um, what would Jesus say in this situation? Well, he wouldn't say that. Okay, well, now I've got to make sure that I, I'm watching what I say, that I, I'm, I'm loving people well and I'm, I'm, I'm caring about them. And we'll get more into that. Uh, it makes me think of, uh, of my time in college. I went to Texas A&M. And uh, when my, my best friend in high school, he and I became roommates at A&M, and uh, it was kind of a crazy thing. By about halfway through the, our first semester uh, in college, uh, he and I, and then another guy from down the hall, uh, if, we, if you came and just kind of like started watching us at a table, we could speak an entire conversation completely in movie quotes and inside jokes. Okay, like we were just like just busting out all these different things, just like, you know, you, you wouldn't know what was going on. But you'd say they've been spending, they've been spending a lot of time together. That's all I know. And it's, just, it's, it's that whole idea that we're just in close proximity. We start rubbing off on each other. Uh, we see that with students. Right. If you see a student who all of a sudden gets a new set of friends, they start dressing differently. They start speaking differently. They start, you know, wanting different things and doing different things. And that's why it's so important that we watch who are who our kids hang out with. Right. They're going to probably become a lot like the kids they hang out with most. Scary thing sometimes. But the truth is, guys, we are natural imitators. We are. We as people are natural imitators. But the problem is our tendency is not towards holiness. Right? While we, while we're, we imitate, but we're not just going to all of a sudden become holy. That, that's, where, that's where God is involved. So uh, let's keep looking in, uh, in Ephesians. Don't miss that other word there. It says, be imitators of God as beloved children. Now, it doesn't say this. It doesn't say, be imitators of God to become beloved children. I'm not giving you today a list of five easy ways to become a Christian. I'm not, I'm not giving you like all these things that you have to do in order to be able to uh, check the right boxes and become right with God. And maybe, maybe he'll consider making you his child. That's, that's not what I'm talking about at all. Um, because that's not the gospel. Okay, that might be religion or something like that. But what the gospel is, is we become children because we're adopted by him, and it's based on what Jesus did, not on what we do. Okay? Um, yes, God does want us to, to do certain things, and he wants certain things for our lives, but it's not in order to become his kid. Okay? Now, I needed to spell like one, one wrong thought when it comes to this. Um, sometimes we think that when it comes to being children of God, I want to be very clear about this. We are all created by God. We are all loved by God. But we are not all of all God's children. Okay? So I want you to hear that again. We're all created by God. We're all loved by God. But we're not all his children. Okay? Don't want you... Sometimes it's easy to kind of throw it around. We're all God's kids and sing kumbaya and do whatever. That, that's, not, that's not the truth. We become God's children when we are saved because we are adopted into God's family through our relationship with Jesus Christ. And that, that can be seen clearly like in, in Romans chapter 8. So uh, you don't have to turn there. We'll put up on the screen. So follow along with me. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Amen? Provided we suffer with him in order that we may also... So those who are saved are the children. Okay? You don't just... Be, you're just not, not just everybody's a child. Uh, it's because of those who have aligned their life with Jesus, those who, um, who are saved. 
And it says even in Galatians 3, For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. It's through that faith that we become sons of God. Uh, because God has predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. Now, I'm not going to break down all, of, all the predestination, all that kind of stuff at this moment. We'll let Chris do that later. Uh, but uh, right now, I, I want you just to see adoption as sons. That, that's important. That happens because of Jesus. And that's something that we have to, we have to know Jesus in order for, order for that to happen. All right. So as children... We're invited to become imitators of God, and that's as natural as, as my daughter Sparrow watching me and learning from me and doing that. This, we're watching our Father God, watching our Dad God, and all of a sudden our life is on a new trajectory because of whose family we're now a part of. Uh, my, my daughter Sparrow also really likes the Disney Junior show, Sophia the First. Sophia the First. And basically the whole plot of that show is... Uh, uh, basically, she and her mom are living as peasants, but then Sophia's mom, through a, you know, all these circumstances, end up, ends up marrying the king, and uh, she goes from peasant to princess. Okay, so peasant to princess. Um, she then goes on learning this new identity of what it means to be a princess and what it means to be going on all these adventures as a princess. It, it, it changes her life radically. Does, can't you imagine? This, the same is true for us, guys. That we go as peasants, as slaves, to becoming children of the king. You with me? That's a huge, that's a huge transition. It's like what Cody talked about last week. It's not just who we are, but it's whose we are, right? And that impacts us. And Paul breaks it down more for us in the word. But if, you, if I had come in here and said, hey, all of you, be like God. And then I walked out. You'd be like... Whoa, that, that's a tall order, right? I mean, that's a, I mean, be like God. I mean, be imitators. That's tough. But uh, in verse 2, he is going to break it down. Paul's going to break it down a little bit more of what that should look like. But as we look at that, I want you to think about it while remembering that we're children of the king. Okay, you with me? Children of the king. All right, so starting in verse 2, Paul will say, uh, first part of verse, verse 2 says, walk in love. Walk in love. And he's going to tell us how that looks in a second, but we're, not, we're just going to focus on that walk in love. And when I see walk in love, what I see is a whole lot of grace. And that's because I'm viewing it as a child of the king. Okay? So now, can you imagine if when Sparrow was learning to walk, I yelled at her and said, You are the worst walker ever. My goodness. Learn how to walk. Uh, can you imagine me like uh, just... Seeing her over there, throwing her some crackers and saying, you figure it out and come back and find me when you do. You know, can you imagine me being that kind of dad? That'd be, pre- that'd be pretty terrible, right? Uh, but this walk in love that we're talking about here is similar to what the triplets are going to be doing soon. Well, after they learn how to crawl, but we'll, we'll get there. Um, but Sparrow took her first steps and it was a big moment for us. It was the, the first kid, first steps. We have a little video of it. There we go. This might not be exact first steps, but this was kind of get the idea. Uh, timber. She falls. Okay. So, but can you imagine? You wouldn't imagine me all of a sudden yelling at her because she falls that way. No, what was I bragging about the very next day? My kid is walking. My kid is walking. Even If you came in here walking like that, I'd go, 
what is wrong with you? Are you okay? I mean, that's falling when it comes to you. But for my daughter, I am bragging that she is walking. She is walking. And uh, you wouldn't expect for me to be mad at my kid that way. So why don't we think the same way about God? Now, why is it that so often we imagine God as being this critical being waiting for us to screw up? What if a more accurate picture of him is he is that Father God right there wanting us, asking for us to take those steps towards him, to walk in that love? What if God is just as for you as I am for my own kids? But, but more so, because I'm, I'm not perfect. He is. Why is it that so often I fall into this, maybe you fall into this, we think that we're better parents than God? Why is that? Why can you imagine me being for my kids, but sometimes we don't think God is for us? The, the truth is that, that, that he is. He's a good dad, and he loves us, and he wants what's best for us. Now, I've been to exactly two births with my wife, and I have four kids in, in that process. Um, and uh, one thing that I know is that Sparrow and the triplets offered absolutely no help in the birth process. Okay? No, no help. Um, it was all up to my wife with Sparrow, and then it was all up to the doctors with the triplets. And uh, once the kids arrived, we began training them, right? Once they arrived, we began to show them what life looks like outside of the womb. And the truth is, the training continues to this day with Sparrow. We're telling her, you know, how to talk. Hey, don't yell at your, your don't yell at us. Don't, uh, don't hit your brother. Don't hit your sister. Don't hit me. Uh, don't do that. Do this. Whatever it might look like, we're doing that. Even to the point that we discipline her when she's ignoring us or disobeying us. That makes sense, right? You expect parents to do that. Hopefully, um, why do we want her to act a certain way? Is it so she can become our kid by acting a certain way? No, I mean, she's my kid, and because she's my kid, that's why I train her. That's why I discipline her. And the truth is, when we get off the path, when we're ignoring or disobeying God, it's the same thing. He's going to discipline us. It says in Hebrews chapter 12, I'm going to have this on the screen also, And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves. And chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment of discipline, all, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Now, did you catch that? Did you, did you see that? A couple things like the Lord disciplines the one he, he loves, right? He, he, he does. Uh, and then even stronger language, if you're not receiving discipline, he'll, he'll say that, that, that that's an illegitimate child. God disciplines us for our good so that we may share in his holiness. He has, a, he has an in, intention behind it. He has a destination in mind. He does that for his kids. Now, the truth is, Sparrow definitely walks different now than she did a year ago. I, I expect more from her walking now than I did a year ago. 
And it's the same way for us as we walk in love. Uh, it's a process. God expects progress, though. He wants growth. He's not going to settle for us staying in the same place because that's not walking, right? He's going to discipline us. He's going he's to do that because he loves us and because he has a destination in mind. Now, for me growing up, I was uh, regularly spanked, and I needed it. I'll just go ahead and tell you. I, I can remember one story where uh, we, before this, this building was here, before the classrooms were here, we used to meet. Uh, I grew up in this church. We used to meet in the fellowship hall. That was our sanctuary. And uh, we, that's where we were. That's where we went to church. I can remember one time where I, I liked to sit on the front row. I used to, I used to like to not be the quietest kid. And uh, I'd be loud, and uh, I was cutting up one service, and uh, my dad came and escorted me out of the service, probably to reacquaint me with his belt. Um, and at that moment, our pastor, Brother Woody Farah, stops the service and asks everybody to pray for Jonathan as he goes out. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that, that was me growing up. But um, I'll tell you one thing, when it comes, to, it comes to spanking, I do not spank the neighbor's kids. I don't. I don't spank the neighbor's kids. That's their kids. They can deal with them. But my kid, my kids, I want certain things for them. I want them to be a certain way. I want them to be kind. I want them to love people. I want them to say yes, ma'am, and no, sir. I want them to have good hearts. I, and I know that doesn't happen by accident. And so God is saying, if you're my child, walk in love. Because he wants love to characterize his kids. He wants his kids to be all about love. And he knows, left to our own devices, that doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen that way. It's only through him. Now, how does that look? It looks exactly like Jesus. Look at verse 2 again. And walk in love, how? As Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. You see it? Jesus is our example. He's our example of how to walk in love. Now, if I was to break that down a little bit, okay, so walking in love like Jesus, how does that look? I've got just several points of what that looks like. This is not exhaustive. I could have come up with a lot more. You could come up with a lot more. This is just a few that stuck out in my mind of what love should look like when we're walking in love like Jesus. So the first one is walking in love like Jesus, I think that's sacrificial. Obviously, from the verse, it says, and gave, he gave himself up for us. That's what Jesus did. That's how he showed his love. And that's how we're called to be, sacrificial, to, to give of ourselves, to give till it hurts, to, to serve in so many ways. It's not just what I want. It's to fight for what is right. It's to, to seek those that are hurting, right? It's being there when no one else will. I may want what's easier feels good, but, but Paul is saying, hey, I want you to imitate Jesus. And when it comes to imitating Jesus, he gives it all. I want you to give it all. I want you to, to, to love that way. Walking in love like Jesus also, um, it's deeply valuing those around you. Deeply valuing them. And uh, we see that in Jesus as he, as he walked the earth. Uh, regardless of what they offer, it doesn't, come, it doesn't come down to us only helping people that can help us back, right? That's not love. If we're only helping people, that, that's, also, that's just not love. Uh, but because we see the example is that in our utter depravity, in our hopeless state, when we, where we could never make ourselves right, Jesus steps in and he makes a way where there was no way. We, we can't fix ourselves, but Jesus steps in and does it. And, and, and then 
He does that purely out of his love for us, his own choice. Not because we had something amazing to offer him. It wasn't like, well, I'll save you because look at look how much you're going to do for me. That's not what it was about. It's because he chooses to love us knowing everything that we are. That's intense. Uh, now we go, we're called to go and do the same, to love that way, to seek to help the least of these, to strive to love regardless of what they've been through, maybe whatever they look like. Walking in love means that you see the people around you differently. Not, uh, it's not that we think that we're so much better than everybody else, like, man, I, I'm not as bad as that guy over there. Oh, my goodness. He's pretty bad. No, it's, it's looking at those people around us and saying, man, they're just not as far along as me, or maybe uh, they need the Jesus that I know. But knowing that you didn't fix yourself, it was all Jesus, it puts us all on a level playing field, right? Because Jesus died for all, right? And so now our mission is to point those people to Jesus, that ministry of reconciliation, that ministry of showing people how they, how they find the one that fixes everything, and it's Jesus. The last thing I'd say is walking in love like Jesus means to unselfishly seek the best for others. We, we can love extravagantly because we've experienced that kind of love. We've seen true love. We're not looking for love on reality TV, right? We're not, we're not trying to see, you know, how do I love well? Let me watch The Bachelor. No, that's, that's not what we do, right? Um, no, we look to Jesus and we say, hey, I'm going to imitate him because his love is perfect. He's the one that loves well. Now, if I, if I got my daughter Sparrow and said, okay, Sparrow, you can choose whatever you want to eat from here on out. I'm going to step out of the picture. That would be a scary thing, wouldn't it? Uh, for my daughter, she would be eating bacon, and lots of it. Uh, strawberries, popcorn, green beans, and probably throw in some beaver nuggets from Bucky's just for good measure. Okay? That's what she'd be eating, and that's all she would be eating. Okay? That she could have every meal of that, and she'd be happy. But it's, it's my job as a parent to love her well, and for me, loving her well means I help control that. I help her eat a few more vegetables, although she does love vegetables. I have her, you know, <laughs> she's really picky, but I try to, you know, let her try some new things, whatever it might be. We don't, I just don't let her just do whatever she wants. The same way with God. He's not letting us just do whatever we want. He's, uh, he has a destination in mind. He sees the full picture, right? Uh, we see one pixel, a couple pixels of the picture, but he sees the full picture. He sees it all pulled back. He knows what it looks like, and he can direct us on our path because he sees the full picture. And so we can trust him and know that he knows what's best for us. Sometimes we consider love to be a weak thing, a mushy thing, right? But see, God's love has truth with it. God's love has conviction with it. It's definitely not a weak thing. Uh, later in this chapter, um, in Ephesians chapter 5, he'll say, Look carefully then at how you walk, not as unwise but as wise. So my question for you this morning would be, how are you walking? How are you walking? Are you walking in love like Jesus? Is that what characterizes your life? Now, it's not difficult most of the time, to see people that are doing this well, right? It's easy to identify those people. Because even Paul says in Philippians, he, he says that in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, you will shine as lights in the world. That us, we as Christians, should be so obvious to the world that we should be as contrast as darkness is to light. That's how much we should stick out. That's how much we should be seen when it comes to, uh, in comparison to the world. Paul will also urge us in, in verse 8 of, chapter, of Ephesians 5 to walk as children of light. So I think some of us this morning, we need a reminder 
we needed that reminder that we are children of God, maybe, and that he is that perfect father God, not looking to, that we mess up and how he's going to zap us, but that he's inviting us to take that next step, to cheer us on, that we can walk in love, and he's not going to let us settle for staying in the same place, because that's not walking, right? He's not, I'm not saying that we're going we're to perfect all this, but we're going we're gonna to walk nonetheless. And he will discipline us. And uh, you're not going to walk like you did a year ago, hopefully. Hopefully you're making that progress. The, the destination is he wants us to be more and more like Jesus. Be imitators as beloved children. Now, if you're brave, if you're brave, I invite you to read the rest of that chapter, Ephesians chapter 5. He's going to tell you some other things that, that shouldn't be in your life, that should be in your life, what your life should look like. Maybe you should check that out. Maybe it's going to challenge you in some great ways. It, it challenged me. But uh, we only have so much time in a day, right? And so, uh, so consider reading the rest of that chapter. So I'm going to go ahead and invite the worship team up. And uh, we're going to sing, sing a couple songs, some songs that kind of point at that fact of who God is and who we are. And uh, we're also going to get a chance to worship through our giving later with some offerings. But before we do all that, let's go ahead and pray. Pray with me. Father God, I, I just praise you that you are Father. That we can be your child. That you have adopted us into your family. And it's not because of how amazing we are, but it's because of how amazing you are. And so God, let us rest in that fact. Let us rest in the fact of who you are and how much you love us. Some of us need to hear that and feel that all the more this week. And so I pray that they would. I pray as they earnestly seek you, they will find you. And uh, we pray that in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen.